wala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'du fa an abi hurairah radhiyallahu anhu anna rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir falyaqul khayran aw yasmut wa man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir falyukrim jara wa man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir falyukrim dhifa rawahu al bukhari wa muslim alhamdulillah we're continuing with the 40 hadith of imam al nawawi rahimahullah and we've reached hadith number 15. And as we mentioned previously, there have been many, many 40 hadith compilations that have been put together by the scholars and the muhaddithin. And each particular compilation has a, had an objective. For example, 40 hadith on the importance of charity, or 40 hadith on the importance of helping people, or 40 hadith on the you know, importance of uh, the masjid, virtues of the masjid, 40 hadith on birrul walidain, the do, being dutiful to your parents, all these different subjects. So the 40 hadith of Imam Nawawi is interesting in that he compiles in this compilation all of those hadith which are the fundamentals of Islam. Meaning any hadith in this kitab, if you pick it up, it will be a specific fundamental principle of the deen, something to live by, a principle to live by. So previously, we were discussing some of them. Today, we're on hadith number 15. Abu Hurairah anhu narrates that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said that anybody who believes in Allah in the last day, then let him say a good word or let him remain silent. And anyone who believes in Allah in the last day, then let him honor his neighbor. And anybody who believes in Allah and the last day, then let him take care of his guest. Let him honor his guest. And this hadith is narrated in Bukhari and Muslim. So this is the hadith. And how is this a fundamental principle of deen? How is it a fundamental principle of Islam? How do you live by this? In this hadith, it's a very, very interesting way that the Prophet ﷺ links these particular things to Iman and the last day. So he says, he talks about guarding your tongue, and then he talks about honoring your neighbor, and then he talks about honoring your guest. And then the Prophet ﷺ is saying, Man kana billahi wal yawmil akhir. The one who believes in Allah in the last day, let him do this. Now, believing in Allah in the last day, it's a matter of faith. What does that have to do with how you treat your neighbor? And what does that have to do with staying silent and what does that have to do with you know being good to your guest this is the exact point of this hadith that there are things in your social conduct with other human beings there is a specific point that relates to your iman your iman is not just a matter that's within your heart and this is a very very common misunderstanding and this hadith proves the complete opposite of that that there are certain things that signifies that you're a true believer. And we're talking about belief in and of itself, your, your creed. That doesn't get affected by actions. But the fruit of your creed, the fruit of your iman, that you have iman, what is the fruit of that? That you have this tree called iman in your heart. Let's say somebody says, I have an apple tree in my backyard and it doesn't give apples. You don't say it's not a tree. You don't say it doesn't exist, but it's a worthless tree. <laughs> that person who has iman in his heart, the, that is a fruitful tree that gives results, that, has, that, 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 that iman has fruits. The fruit of iman in the heart of a person, right, is that there is a manifestation of certain social conduct, how you treat other human beings, how you conduct yourself with others, and this is the hadith that we read today after the salah, after Salatul Isha. What did we read? You will never enter paradise until you have faith. And you will not have perfect faith. You have to put that bain al qawsain. It's not negating faith. Let's say people, there's a person, he doesn't have love for others. Does that negate his creed? Yani, he's, 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 he's a kafir. That's not what this means. Yani, 
when, when, when it says you don't have faith, yani you don't have perfected faith. You don't have excellent faith. What does excellent faith, that faith, that apple tree that gives apples is the perfect, excellent apple tree. An apple tree that doesn't give apples, you don't call it, is not a tree. It is a tree, but it's a worthless tree. It's a fruitless tree. And that believer who doesn't have love, that believer who doesn't have social conduct, that believer who doesn't have compassion, that believer who doesn't have mercy, he's not an excellent believer. There is creed. There is faith in his heart. But it's fruitless faith. Like that tree that doesn't give fruit. Like the apple tree in the backyard that doesn't give fruit. Why did you, why did you plant it? What did you plant an orange tree for? Maybe for the shade, but mainly for the fruit. You can take shade inside your house. You can take shade un under a tent. You can take shade, you know, under a building. You could take shade indoors. You don't need a tree for that. But the, the, the objective of it was the fruit. Similarly, the objective, if our iman and our creed and our Islam, my dear brothers and sisters, is not producing good character, this hadith is very emphatic in that this is a principle of our deen. You notice something very interesting. You see many, many hospitals in the Western world, in Europe, in America, in different places. What are the names of these hospitals? St. Anthony's and St. John's Hospital and St. So-and-so and St. So-and-so. You have heard of this? St. You know, Rose, right here in Hayward, right? We have St. Rose. What are these, what's the point of that? What's the religi religiosity of that? Because in faith, and this is not a Christian thing, this is a, this is a thing of the, what, what the Anbiya alayhim salam and what the prophets from the beginning of time till Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu this is the belief of all the al-adyanu samawiyyah, the divinely revealed scriptures and the divinely revealed books and the divinely revealed religions that being a human being, compassion, mercy, charity, taking care of the poor and the weak and the sick is a part of faith. We would rather say, so that we can be correct in our creedal discussions, it is a fruit of faith. It is a manifestation of true faith. It is an excellence of faith. And that is why in many places where the Prophet said, Al-Muslimu Man salim al-Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadihi. Al-Muslimu. This alif lam, yani al-Muslimu al-Kamil. Al-Muslimu al-Sadiq. Al-Muslimu al-Kamil. Man salim al-Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadihi. The true Muslim is who? He prays five times a day and he gives charity and he gives zakat. That's what Islam is. Buni al-Islam wa ala khams. Islam is based on five things. Shahadatu Allah ilaha illa wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah iqam al-salah wa ita'i al-zakah wa hajj al-bayt wa sawmi Ramadan. That's it. That should make you a Muslim. What is all these other additions? Right? That is what you call the, found, the, the foundations. Like for example, this building, it has foundations or it has these, these pillars. You don't call a building just pillars standing there or just, you know, the the, 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 the pegs of a, or the, 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 the poles of a tent. You don't call that a tent, just when you see the poles sticking. That is what holds the tent up. The structure of our Islam is the five pillars. But the beauty of our Islam, the excellence of our Islam, the perfection of our Islam is in our social conduct. What did the Prophet ﷺ tell us? Why was he sent? Every Muslim is fard upon you to know this. O Muslims, why was your Prophet sent? Do we know? I have been sent to perfect excellent character. I have been sent for this, this perfection of character. And another hadith, I have not been sent but as a teacher. And then another hadith, right? These three things, are all of these things contradictory? In one, he says, I was sent as a teacher. 
In another, he said, I was sent to perfect excellent character. In another, he, sa he says, I was sent as a mercy. All of them is one. He was sent as a merciful teacher to teach humanity the most excellent character. And he did that in the most perfected way through his, through his mercy. So this hadith shows us something. Actually, it's very scary. It's very, very scary that this is a matter that relates to Allah asking of us on the Day of Judgment about our social conduct. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to ask about what we uttered. Every word that we utter, there is an angel that is writing it for the good or for the bad. He does not utter any word except that it is transcribed by Raqibun Atid. Either for the good or for the bad. These are two Al-Hafadha. Kiraman katibina ya'alamuna ma tafalun. These noble scribes, these noble angels that are with you everywhere you go. And they write down your good and your evil words. This is going to be asked of us on the Day of Judgment. It's a very beautiful thing that the Shurrah, they mention. What is the meaning of man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir? The one who believes in Allah in the last day. This is like the statement, kama yaqulu al-qailu liwaladihi. He mentions a very beautiful thing. Kama yaqulu al-qailu liwaladihi. Just like a person were to say to his son, in kunta ibni, فَأَطْعِنِّي كَذَا وَكَذَا وَإِن كُنْتَ إِبْنِي فَفْعَلْ كَذَا وَكَذَا That if you're truly my son, then do this and that. If you're truly my son, then you must do this and that. So the hadith, in this hadith, it's similar. This is like the eloquence of Arabic. This is a, this, a specific Arabic nuance. If you believe in the last day, if you believe in Allah in the last day, then you must do this. Have you heard of this before? If I'm your father, then you must do this or that. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he says, he who believes in Allah, in the, yani, if you truly believe in Allah in the last day, then you should say a good word or remain silent. If you truly believe in Allah. And if you don't believe in Allah in the last day, then say whatever you want to say. As if you're not going to be questioned about it on the day of judgment. He has amazing... Yani, eloquence of speech and the Arabic nuance. It's the Arabic. Then we have it as well. If I'm your father, then you're not going to step out of this house like that. If I'm your father, then we have this, right? This is what the Prophet is saying. If you have a, believe in Allah in the last day, then do not say a word unless it is a good word. Subhanallah. These are, brothers and sisters, things to live by. I notice a lot of in Muslim circles and Muslim rhetoric, we're always looking for the most fancy-pansy, intellectual, top-notch discussions that are like, you know, tell me something that goes, flies over my head. Then I know who's, what, a, what an amazing scholar. Whereas my question is, have we acted upon these? He who believes in Allah in the last day, let him say, are you living by this? I mean, just imagine living by these things. You know, sometimes, you know, we're teaching usul and we, sometimes we're teaching Arabic grammar and you're teaching usul and you're teaching these high-level fiqh books. And then you come back and you're like, wait a minute. Like, do I say good or stay silent? You know what I mean? Do I, am I implementing this? And what type of person would you be? What type of life would you live? What type of character would you have if this was your if this was your policy that you lived by, that you would not utter except that which is good. You, want, you would not utter except that which is khair. Just if people implement this, the world would change. That I'm not, I, I have a policy that I'm not going to open my tongue and I'm not going to utter a word except if there is a good in it and there's khair in it. Subhanallah. The Prophet ﷺ has linked this with our iman bil akhirah. And my wish is that, Ya Allah, let me implement, you go back to these ahadith, implement them and bring them into your life.
And in regards to, subhanAllah, to say a good word or remain silent. The Prophet ﷺ mentions another hadith, he who remains silent is saved. A person is, is in one of two states. Either he's silent or he is speaking. There's no other thing in between. Either he's silent or he's speaking. So if he speaks, So if he speaks, either he speaks good and he is getting blessings and reward, or he's speaking bad and he's getting khusran and loss. وَإِن سَكَتَ And if he remains silent, فَإِمَّا مِن شَرٍّ فَرِبْحٌ وَإِمَّا عَنْ خَيْرٍ فَخُسْرَانٌ And when he's silent, if he's saying silent of evil, he's keeping his mouth shut to not say an evil word, he is in benefit. And if he's staying silent from speaking the truth and staying silent where he needs to speak, then this is loss. So therefore, فَلَهُ فِي كَلَامِهِ وَسُكُوتِهِ ربحان. In his speech and in his silence, he has two benefits. يَنْبَغِي تَحْصِيلُهُمَا That he should attain. He has in his speech and in his silence two benefits. That he should gain. وَخُسْرَانَانِ And he has two losses that he should stay away from. Two gains and two losses. The gain by saying that which is right and staying silent from that which is wrong. And the two losses from saying that which is evil and staying silent from speaking the truth. And some of the scholars have said that speech has four types. One which is pure harm. It's purely harmful words. Number two, purely beneficial words. Number three, there is benefit and harm. And number four, there is no benefit, there is no harm. So that which is purely harmful, it is necessary for him to remain silent of that. And he says also that which has harm and benefit in it. What's harm and benefit? You tell somebody a dirty joke. You tell a person an inappropriate joke. There's benefit. You have some fun. It's socializing. And you say a couple of, you know, inappropriate things and bad words and that and profanities. It's benefit in it. Make people laugh. Have a good time. But in it is what? In it is profanity. Allah Azza wa Jal does not love profanity. In Allah la yuhibbul fuhsh wa tafahush. Allah does not love profanity, indecency, and harmful, shameless speech. Allah Azza wa Jal does not love this. So there's a benefit and there's a harm. In that you should also stay stay silent. What about that type in which there is no benefit in it and there is no harm in it? Then what do you do? He says, you look at the situation. The situation will demand it. You're sitting, guest is over, you're not talking, it's an awkward silence, there's no benefit, there's no harm, just saying, oh, how's the weather outside? You know? How about, you know, this, uh, you know, whatever, just random we're having weird, unusual weather nowadays. Whatever, there's no benefit or harm in it. Speak it. Because in that awkward silence, it'll break and it'll, you know, you look at the situation. You just make ijtihad. You look at the situation and you say it based on whatever is the benefit in the situation. And there's a fourth type that remains. <clears throat> فَيَسْخُطُ ثَلَاثُتُ أَرْبَعِ الْكَلَامِ وَفِيهِ خَطَرْ إِذَا كَانَ يَجُرُّ مَا فِيهِ إِثْمٍ مِنَ الْرِيَاءِ وَالتَّصَنُّ وَنَحْوِهِمَا And 
And it is also said, لَوْ كَانَ الْكَلَامُ مِنْ فِضَّةٍ كَانَ السُّكُوتُ مِنْ ذَهَبٍ It is said that if speech is, if speech were to be made of silver, then silence would be gold. If speech would be made of silver, then silence would be made of gold. Malik ibn Dinar says, وَكَانَ الْأَبْرَارُ يَتَوَاصَوْنَ بِثَلَاثِ The righteous people of the past, they used to give three advices. سِجْنُ الْلِسَانِ وَكَثْرَةُ الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ وَالْعُزْلَةِ That you imprison your tongue and you say abundant repentance and you should try to spend some time in seclusion pondering over your own sins and your own weaknesses. وَقَالَ يَحْيَىٰ الْقَطَّانِ إِنَّمَا سَادَ بْنَ عَوْفٍ النَّاسَ بِحِفْظِ لِسَانِهِ Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Qattan, the great muhaddith, he says, Abdul Rahman ibn Awf, he became the leader of people and he became one of the Asharatul Mubashara for what reason? Bihivdilisanihi. He was specifically known by guarding his tongue. Abdul Rahman ibn Awf. And Kharija ibn Mus'ab. Kharija ibn Mus'ab ibn Umair. He was a tabi'i, the son of Mus'ab ibn Umair. Kharija ibn Mus'ab says, Sahibtu ibn Awf ma yazid ala ishrina sana. He said, I was in the company of Abdul Rahman ibn Awf more than 20 years. Kharija says, I was in the company of Abdul Rahman ibn Awf more than 20 years. Falam a'lam anna al malaikata katabat alayhi khati'a. That I don't think that the angels could have written one sin for him from what I saw. And I was with him for more than 20 years. That's what I have seen. Now what he did in private, بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ Allah. But what I seen, that he did not utter a single word that the angels could have written for him in more than 20 years. This is what I seen. These were the people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَالَ مُخَلَّدْ بْنُ الْحُسَيْنِ مَا تَكَلَّمْتُ بِكَلِمَةٍ أُرِيدُ أَنْ أَعْتَذِرْ مِنْهَا مُنْذُ خَمْسِينَ سَنَةٍ Mukhalad ibn al-Husayn, also from the Salaf, he said, I have not uttered a single word that I have to give excuse and uzr for it in 50 years. I know some people, they get in fights every single day and then they go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then they get another fight. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Get in the, man, you're becoming like the, the, the boy who cried wolf. Nobody's going to believe your words and nobody's going to take you seriously. Withhold yourself. Self-control, self-discipline. The, the thing that destroys a person in his life, private and public, is the tongue. There is nothing which is more worthy to be put in prison and in jail than the tongue. The tongue destroys a person. And you say something, and then you regret it, and then you say sorry. He said, okay, what am I going to do with your sorry? You broke my heart. جَرَحَاتُ السِّنَانِ لَهَلْتِئَامُ وَلَا يَلْتَامُ مَا جَرَحَ اللِّسَانُ the poet said, Jarahatu sinani lahalti amu. The injuries of the spear will get better. But you don't get the injury that is by the tongue. That's what the poet is saying. Jarahatu sinani lahalti amu wala yaltamu ma jarahal lisanu. The injury that's caused by the spears can get better. The wound will heal. But you will not heal from the, the, the wounds of the tongue. The injury that's inflicted by the tongue, it never heals. It takes a lot of time to heal. وَكَانَ وَهَبُ بْنُ مُنَبِّهِ يَعُدُّ كَلَامَهُ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ وَيَحْفَظُهُ These are the people who wanted to reach Allah. These are what, this is what they did. Can we do this? وَهَبُ بْنُ مُنَبِّهِ From the Salaf, from the pious predecessor. When we say Salaf, what do we mean by Salaf? Salaf is خَيْرُ الْقُرُونِ قَرْنِي 
The best generation is mine, Sahaba, and then the generation that comes after them and the generation that comes after them. This is the Salaf. The Prophet said, this is my best generation. Why did the Prophet say that? So that we follow them and that we imitate them and that we emulate them and we learn their teachings and we follow their practices. The Prophet certified them. He certified them. The best generation is mine. Then those who follow, those who follow. So from the Salaf, what does Wahab ibn Munabbih say? He used to count his words every day. These are the people who wanted Allah Azza wa Jal. He used to count his words every day. And he would remember, oh, I had said this. What did I say? Yeah, this is what I said this today. This is not a good word, you know. Check that. I said this, I said, we just like a, you know, machine, like a motor. Machine darwari, AK-47. Our tongue is AK-47, unlimited bullets. You remember Contra, up, down, up, down, red light, red light, B, B, A, start, and you get like unlimited bullets, like unlimited. It's just, there's, you just keep going. I mean, his speech was so, so little that he would be able to count his words. وَقَالَ الْفُضَيْلِ بْنِ عِيَاضِ كَانَ بَعْضُ أَصْحَابِنَا يَعُدُّ كَلَامَهُ مِنَ الْجُمْعَةِ إِلَى الْجُمْعَةِ فضيل بن عياض says he says that some of our companions يعني from these pious people from these saintly people they would be able to count their words from one Jum'ah to another Jum'ah they would write down their words they would count their words look guys you don't need to do this don't die Okay? Some people are hearing this. Ah, oh, man, this is not practical. Who's going to write down their words? No, don't write down your words. But be aware of your words. If you're not going to imitate them exactly, at least have some shame. That's the only reason why we read this. Nobody's going to do it. Who does this stuff? I wish. I wish that we would do it. Don't do it. At least have some shame. At least think twice before you speak. That's all we ask. We have to see what type of human beings existed. Who are the people of Jannah? Allah Azza wa Jal knows who's the people of Jannah. We don't say that they're definitely the people of Jannah, but they're the Salaf. These were the people of piety. Only Allah knows who will definitely go to Jannah. But these people were treading the path of Jannah. These were the people why the Prophet said they were the khair, they were the best of people. There's a reason why they were the best of people. They worked on themselves. They watched themselves. They didn't put the blame on others. They're always concerned about my speech. They're concerned about what I say. Concerned about my deeds. Concerned about my actions. Not concerned about, you know, Amr, Zayd, and Bakr, what they're doing. What am I doing? What am I saying? How am I acting? Husband and wife, always. Husband is pointing out wife. Wife is pointing out the husband. What about, I have to correct myself. Wife, if the wife says, I have to correct myself. I do what Allah has asked me to do. The regardless of how my husband is. And the husband, he says, I have to rectify myself, regardless of what my wife does. If everybody worries about their own self, correct their own self, watch their own tongue, watch their own actions. But everybody is looking at somebody else. And they say, you see the speck in the eye of your brother and you don't see the log that's wedged in your own eye. You see the speck in the eye of your brother, but you don't see the log, you know, the tree branch that's stuck in your own eye. وَقَالَ فِي الْحِكْمَةِ إِنَّمَا جُعِلَ لَكَ لِسَانٌ وَاحِدٌ وَأُذُنَانِ لِيَكُونَ مَا تَسْمَعْ أَكْثَرْ مِمَّا تَقُولُ Some of the wise people have said, some of the philosophers said, that God gave you two ears and one tongue, so you listen more and speak less. You were given two ears and one tongue so that you can listen more and speak less. Right? But we have one tongue. Fill in the blank. Asma'i was the Imam of Nahaw. Asma'i was the Imam of Arabic grammar. One of the one of the Shaykhs of Qira'atul Qur'an and Arabic language, Imams of Lugha, Asma'i, 
He says, it reached me that a person said to somebody else, Wallahi, la'in qulta li wahida, latasma'anna asharan. One person said to another, Wallahi, if you say one to me, I will say ten to you. You say one, and I'm going to say ten. So Asma'i said, why don't you come to me? You say to me ten, and I won't say to you one. Say to me ten, I won't say to you one. What is this type of This is a famous quote, poem from the Arabic Jahili Bedouins. From the days of ignorance. What did he say? Allah, he's making an announcement. Gangster. He's a big gangster. What is he saying? This is gangster rap. Arab Jahiliya style. You ready for this? Allah, la tajhalun ahadun alayna. Fanajhal fawqa jahlil jahilina. Beware. Khabardar. Nobody act jahil with us. Otherwise, we'll act more jahil than any jahil that you've ever seen in your life. You want to you wanna mess with me? You're going to mess with me, you're going to see what jahil means. What is jahl? I'm going to show you what jahl is. You know we say that? This is not the way of the people of Allah. Look at what Asma'i is saying. I heard somebody say this. If you say one to me, I'm going to say ten to you. He said, You say ten to me, I'm not even going to say one to you. The response to the ignorant ones is silence. Imam Shafi rahimahullah said that never ever debate an ignorant person because you never win. You'll never win when you debate an ignorant person. Subhanallah. Qala Abu Bakr ibn Khalaf. Abu Bakr ibn Khalaf is also one of the imams of Arabic. Ida nataqa safiyu fala tajibuhu. Ida nataqa safiyu fala tajibuhu. Subhanallah. Abu Bakr ibn Khalaf in his poem mentions When an ignorant person speaks, then don't answer him. More better than answering him, better than answering the ignorant person is silence. Why? I remain silent from responding to the ignorant person, so he thought I'm incapable of responding to him. I was incapable of answering them, but I'm not incapable. Why? But I have worn the garment of forbearance on myself. I have dressed myself in the garment of hilm. I wear the garment of honor. I wear the garment of forbearance. And I refuse to engage in ignorance. I refuse to engage in ignorance. Subhanallah. <clears throat> Ali ibn Abi Talib anhu mentioned in his advice to his son, Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu anhuma, Ya bunayya, amsik alayka lisanaka, fa inna talaf al-mar'i fi mantiqih. Ali ibn Abi Talib says to Sayyidina Hussein, O oh my son, guard your tongue because the destruction of a person's life comes from his tongue. How does a person's life get destroyed? Because of the tongue. You said something that you're not supposed to say. And you shattered somebody's heart. And you broke somebody's heart. And you injured somebody's heart. And sometimes that injury is, is, is irreparable. The Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib, Ya Bunayya, Amsik alayka lisanak. O my son, guard your tongue. Fa inna talaf al mar'i fi mantiqi. 
the destruction of the life of a person comes from his tongue. And now no matter how much sorry, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You can't, you can't take back your words. This is why this tongue is like a machine gun. It's like a gun. As soon as you shoot, the bullet doesn't come back. You can't pull, take the bullet and put it back inside the gun. Once, the, once, the, once you pull that trigger, the bullet is out. It's going to hit. It's going to damage. You know, you just, you just pray that it doesn't hit the heart. You pray that it doesn't hit, you know, any internal organs. Because once that bullet is out of that chamber, there's no bringing it back. And that's the same thing with our words. It's like a bow and arrow. Once that arrow is out of that quiver, you better duck. It's going to hit somewhere. Subhanallah. These are the words of our mashayikh. May Allah give us tawfiq to live by them. Now, what words did the ulama say we should speak them? What are the words that we should speak? The ulama mentioned the four speech is excluded from silence. You don't stay silent in these matters. Number one, Teaching knowledge. Right now I'm speaking a lot. So why are you talking so much then? You, should, you, say, you stay silent. This is one of the exceptions. Knowledge. Hadith, Quran, fiqh, knowledge of deen, what relates to wisdom, what relates to guidance, what relates to uh, whatever draws us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-ilmu wa jami'ul qurubat. And all of the acts of righteousness, dhikr, tilawa, dhikr is speech, Quran is speech, tilawa is speech, hadith is speech, fiqh is speech, ilmul kalam and, 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 and knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, asma'ul husna and studying aqidah, this is speech, academia is speech, studying, going to school, education is speech, this is all good speech. Number two, Speaking with your guests. When the guest comes over, right? What do you say? And you know, honoring he who believes in Allah in the last day, let him honor his guest. How do you honor your guest? But just sit there. I just learned a very, I listened to an important speech about silence. You're just sitting there. Speak with the guest, right? Arus. Yeah, this is very important. Speak to your wife. You, can, you get married. Right, the arus, a person who is the first, he's, a, he's, he's married, he just got married. Now he said, no, I just heard a speech, I'm not supposed to talk. The angels are writing down everything I say. No, this is mustathna, this is an exception. You should speak, you should joke, you should be happy, you should be festive. Wal musafir, right? Somebody who's a traveler, you know? Sometimes it gets really, really awkward. You know, I try to go, when I go on a plane and I'm traveling, I know I look scary, guys. I try not, not to wear this one, the, the Philistinian one. I try not to wear the Palestinian one. I like it too. Yeah, this is, this is very special, right? This is actually from, from Gaza itself. So I don't wear this when I go, but still, you kind of look scary. So it's like, what is it, Osama's cousin sitting next to me right now? So I try, to be, I try to be good and I try to say, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, this, that. And then, you know, there's that awkward silence. I'm like, all right, man. It's like, you don't want to do it. I'm just trying to be nice. So this is a musafir, right? The musafir, it's, you know, it's good to speak. It breaks the ice and it removes that awkward type of thing. Try to have good character. People don't want to have good character with you. What can you do? So the musafir is good to speak so when you're traveling somebody doesn't think you're some like you know some weirdo stranger where's this guy come from it's good to speak and good to have character and uh, have kind speech and kind courtesy with your kalam all these things that we have necessities of this is not this is not included in Staying silent. You don't stay silent from necessities. Because there have been extreme cases where they read the ayah of the Quran, any word that he utters, it is an angel that's writing it down, so they didn't say any speech. And they only spoke words from the Quran. There's a very famous story about this 
very pious woman, right? That she did not, after she read that ayah, she did not say any word after that. Not like stand or eat or walk or come or bring me water. All of this everyday speech also, she cut it out. So the ulama of the fuqah explained that what? All of this necessity, the necessary speech that we have on a daily basis, this is excluded from that, right? So don't become kind of like crazy kind of guy. وَقَالَ سَهَلِ بْنَ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ تُسْتَرِي إِنَّ بِالسَّمْتِ وَالْعُزْلَ وَقِلَّةُ الطَّعَامِ صَارَ الْأَبْدَالُ أَبْدَالًا He says, by silence and by seclusion and by guarding what they put in their bodies and their stomachs, this is how the abdal became abdal. Abdal are the very elite group of pious people of this ummah. وَمَعْنَ الْأَبْدَالِ أَنَّهُمْ أَبْدَلُوا مِنَ الْأَقْوَالِ وَالْأَخْلَاقِ الذَّمِيمَةِ أَفْعَالًا حَمِيدًا Abdal comes from badal. Badal means to change. So this group of pious, righteous saints, they're actually called the abdal. Why are they called abdal? Because they changed their evil qualities. The, 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 the tongue that was a lion, and the tongue that is a snake and a scorpion that hurts others, they turned it into... Uh, an instrument of kindness towards others, saying good words towards others, helping others. They turned the evil of their actions and their words and their deeds, they changed it to good. They became a vessel of doing good for others with their tongue, with their eye, with their ear, with their whole body. Abdal, they completely changed. They're, not, they're like not human anymore. They're not humanoid. They're like angeloid people. They're abdal. And they changed ignorance to knowledge. They changed the greed to generosity. They changed their lust to chastity. They changed their, uh, you know, impatience to forbearance. They changed these qualities. They became abdal. This is where the word abdal comes from. You know, you hear a lot about self-care you guys hear a lot about self-care nowadays have self-care care about yourself go to in front of the mirror and go like this i love you so much you worthy you need a hug you hear about this this is self-care the new mystery tell let me says let me tell you what is the most important self-care the person who cares about himself the most is the one who stays silent if you really care for your own good don't let your tongue wag around at every place and put your own self in detriment. Because when you're doing that, you're not caring about yourself. You're hurting yourself. You destroy your life by your words. And we were irresponsible words brings irresponsible state of affairs in our lives. وَقَالَ الْفُضَيْلِ بْنِ عِيَاذِ فُضَيْلِ بْنِ عِيَاذِ Great, great salaf. مَنْ عَدَّ كَلَامَهُ Anyone who counts his speech to be from his actions. Do we really think that when we are, you know when we give charity, we know that, okay, we're doing a good deed. When I pray salah, I know I'm doing a good deed. When I'm fasting the day of Ramadan, I know I'm doing a good deed. But did you ever think that every word that you utter is a deed? So Fudayl ibn Ayyad says, مَنْ عَدَّ كَلَامَهُ مِنْ عَمَلِهِ The one who counts his words to be from his actions, then his speech will be less in worthless and misguided speech. And the Prophet said, so this is why it's important. Okay, so how do we guard our tongue? It's very, very simple. One of my sheikhs said, So easy. One of my sheikhs told, told us, how do you guard your tongue? First weigh it, then say it. Weigh it. Okay, what's the weight of this? Is it, is it a weighty word or is it a very light, cheap word? How do you know what words have weight? Dhikr of Allah is the most weightiest of words. Kalamullah, tilawatul Quran is the weightiest word. It will literally, one subhanallah will be equal to the heavens and the earth on the day of judgment. And what is the cheapest word? Fuhush. Badgui, badzuboni, bihayai, badz... You know, like all this 
bad dashnamanli, curses, bad mouthing, putting somebody down, backbiting. All of these are very cheap words. So you, when you weigh it, first weigh it, then say it. Somebody said, I have a big problem. I just you know, can't guard my tongue. Just think before you speak. The tongue of an intelligent person is, his, is in his heart. Listen to this. Lisanul aqili fi qalbihi. Lisanul aqili. Hafsa, we did this in, in Zadul Talibin. Lisanul ahmaqi fi fihi. The tongue of a foolish person, an ahmaq, is right on the tip of his tongue. Whatever comes in his mind, he just says it with his tongue. Whatever comes in his mind, he quickly just says it. Oh, sorry, I was thinking out loud. Okay, don't think out loud, please. I was just thinking out loud. This is the worst type of people. I was thinking out loud. You know? Oh, you're so ugly. Oh, I was just thinking out loud. <laughs> Zaki, right? It's a funny one. I was just thinking out loud. You should not think out loud. This is going to destroy you. This is, what we, this is what we've been talking about. People who destroy their lives by thinking out loud. So the Sheikh said, Lisanul ahmaqi fi fihi. And the, 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 the tongue of an, a foolish person is right at the tip. It's just whatever comes in his mind, he just blurts it out. No, just, Walisanul aqili fi qalbihi. The tongue of an intelligent person is in his heart. First he says it in his mind, and he thinks twice about it, and then he says it. I'm not, you know, there's something that we learn from our mashayikh, it's called hadir jawab. Hadir jawab. I'm not hadir jawab. There's some people, right there on the spot, they give you the answer. Right there on the spot, they give you what you need to hear. They blast you. I don't have that. So sometimes somebody will say something and I'll just be like, and then the next day I'll remember the answer. Okay, oh, I should have said this. It's better that way. It's better that way. I, sometimes I think about it and then I think it's better that way. Because the people who are hazard jawab, they're hazard al-musibah. The people that are hazard jawab, sometimes they're hazard al-musibah. They quickly answer and sometimes they quickly also get themselves in a fight and they get themselves in a predicament and they get themselves in an argument as well. Look, there are certain situations we cannot remain silent. We're not talking about, oh, damage control and, you know, let people say whatever they want to say and let people talk crap and talk, think about Islam. We're not, we're, there's specific situations when there's haq, when it's truth, you have to say and you have to answer. Whether the person likes it or doesn't like it. You must speak. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about, right, instances where it might break the heart of somebody, which is not in a matter of deen, not in a matter of religion, not in a matter of haq, not in a matter of truth, but matters of everyday life and these type of things. We guard our tongue in those matters. So very easy. Think before you speak. Weigh it before you say it. Pehlet tolo pilbolo. And the second thing the Prophet said, Man jara. Anyone who believes in Allah in the last day, then let him honor his neighbor. And the mashayikh, they say, what is honoring of your neighbor? Honor of the neighbor is four things. Four things in particular. That you should share of what you have, if there is a need. Your neighbor should not be, right, uh, in need of the most simplest things, right? As Allah Azza wa mentioned in the Quran, One of the signs of the people of misguidance and the people of hell is that they are so stingy that they hold back ma'un. What is ma'un? Salt and, you know, flour and sugar, and these random most, yani basic necessities. And they'll be like, uh, neighbor, can I borrow some salt? No, sorry, we're all out. And he has it like a whole, you know, whole sack of, you know. So, like, you do not withhold, you do not withhold what is requirement of the most simple necessities from your neighbors. You shouldn't even think about that. 
Number two, You should not look at anything that your neighbor has with the eye of greed. And he should prevent himself from in any way harming, turning the car out loud, you know, you know, exhaust, full power, you know, turning on the car heck aloud and, you know, turning on the music really loud or whatever, you know, types of things people do, which is hold with holding your harm in any way, shape, and form from the guests in any way that it, parking in front of their garage, having all the neighbors park their car in their driveway. Literally, like this had happened. They, you know, uh, here in, in, in Juma, somebody parked straight up inside of their driveway. Somebody from the masjid, genius, right, literally parked inside the neighbor's driveway. Like not, like, okay, one is, you know, you double park and like inside the driveway, like blocking the garage. I, I don't even know what to say. If you believe in Allah in the last day, then only say good or remain silent. We're going to implement that right now. That you should withhold your harm. Don't park inside somebody's driveway. And that you should be patient if they harm you. You should tolerate if they harm you. If they park their car in front of you. It happened to us. We need to park their car in front of you or... You know, they have a party or something like that. Patient is a neighbor. That's okay. See what I'm saying? And if things get kind of out of hand, still have patience. Inshallah, Allah will reward you for it. And if it gets really, really out of hand and violent and rowdy, then call the cops then. Then you know here. But you at least can say, okay, I did my best. I had my patience. وعن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه ما زال جبريل يوصيني بالجاري حتى ظننت أنه سيورثه the Prophet said that Jibreel continued to advise me regarding the neighbor until I thought that the neighbor is going to be part of the inheritance. Tomorrow he's going to say, okay, when you pass away, then the neighbor should also get some portion of what you got. That, to that extent, Jibreel kept exhorting me and kept encouraging me that you have to be good to your neighbor. You have to take care of your neighbors. You have to be kind to your neighbors. You have to be righteous with your neighbors. And another hadith of Prophet more emphatically said, Wallahi la yu'min, Wallahi la yu'min, Wallahi la yu'min. By Allah, he has no faith. By Allah, he has no faith. He said, Who ya Rasulullah? Khaba wa khasira. How much? He's, he's a loser. Who is this person you're saying he has no faith? He said, Man la yu'min jarahu bawa'iqahu. The one whose neighbor is not safe from his harms. He has no faith. What type of Muslim are you? You don't have proper faith in your heart if you're constantly, you know, torturing your neighbors. And in another hadith, the Prophet has reported to have said, Man wa The one who wishes that Allah and His Messenger should love him, Then do three things if you want Allah and a Messenger to love you. Number one, speak the truth. Number two, fulfill the amana. Don't do mistrust. Don't cheat. Fulfill the trusts. And lastly, don't hurt your neighbor. Don't disturb your neighbors. In another hadith narrated by Jabir, said neighbors are of three types. Number one, Jarullahu haqqun wahid. Wa adna al-jiran. That neighbor that has only one right. وَجَارٌ لَهُ حَقَّانٌ And a neighbor who has two rights. وَجَارٌ لَهُ ثَلَاثَةُ حُقُوقٌ وَهُوَ أَفْضَلُ الْجِيرَانِ That neighbor has one right, that neighbor has two rights, that neighbor has three rights. The first one is جَارٌ مُشْرِكٌ لَهُ حَقُّ الْجَوَارِ That neighbor who is not a Muslim, he has a right that you should honor him as your neighbor. Number two, that neighbor who is a Muslim, he has two rights over you. The right of Islam and the right of your neighbor. Haqqul Islam. Haqqul Islam is much more. Right? The rights of Islam. That you say salam to him, that you honor him. Eid Mubarak and Ramadan and Iftar and 
you know, various different other aspects that come, salam, and visiting them when they're sick, and attending their janazah, and checking on them when they're in need, and all this, one step further. And number three, that Muslim neighbor who is also a relative. So they have haq that they're your neighbor, and that they're Muslim, and that they're your relative. rahmin mahram, that they're your mahram as well. An interesting thing here, what is neighbor? This is pretty dangerous. You guys get, get ready for this. Fafil Bukhari fil Adab al-Mufrad is narrated by Bukhari in Adab al-Mufrad from the statement of Hassan Basri that he was asked, who is the neighbor? He said, 40, hadiths behind, 40, 40 houses behind your house, 40 houses in front, 40 on your right, 40 on your left. Those are your neighbors. A lot of rights. Yani, your neighborhood. Your neighborhood. There's a neighborhood. It's 40. In other words, Yani, who you should be considerate of. Who has a special haq? And subhanAllah, and back home, in various different Muslim countries, in the neighborhood, they have wakila guzar. And they have, you know, that you know, uh, kind of Amir of that neighborhood and locality, and he's an elderly man, and he's the one that kind of, you know, they're like a little clan. They're a little neighborhood, and there's an elder, and that elder takes care of all the matter. This is a sunnah. And it usually comes to be like maybe 20 houses or about in that region. It's not like exact, but he's just 40. Remember that many times when the word 40 is used, Sometimes it's not an exact, exact number. The point, the, the point is, is like, it's supposed to show emphatic, it's, it's, it's emphasis that all your neighborhood, all these houses, you know, like if I were to say, who are our neighbors? All these houses that surround the masjid are our neighbors, and they have rights upon us. Kids who are here, man, we got some complaints in the neighbors. You say, every day balls be falling in the... In our backyard, we'd be throwing balls back and then people, you know, throw them back again. It's like, you know, kind of neighbors that are here, like, alhamdulillah, is masjid, but the masjid now turned into, like, you know, elementary school, and now neighbors are getting balls in their backyard, and be, be a conscious of that as well, you know, boys and girls. <clears throat> and then lastly, man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawm al-akhir falyukrim Anyone who believes in Allah in the last day, then let him honor his guest. Honoring of the guest is the sunnah of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. Ibrahim alayhi salam's kunya. Father of, you know, the kunya is like the father of Abu Abdul Rahman or Abu Abdullah or Abu, you know, Abu Aisha or whatever, Abu Hafs. So the kunya, one of the kunyas of Ibrahim alayhi salam was Abu Daifan. Abu Daifan, the father of guests. He would not eat, and he, would, he, had, he had made this, he had imposed this principle on himself that he would not eat at night until he would go and find someone who is a traveler, find someone who is a stranger, find somebody who is poor, and then he would bring that, poor or not poor, he would bring, the guest had to eat at his house. This was Sayyidina Ibrahim al-Khalil, Abu Daifan. So imagine that this is, like I said before, these principles, these are matters that go through all the Anbiya alayhim This is the conduct of the people of faith, a sign of faith, a fruit of faith. You know, this selfishness. And you know, subhanAllah, sometimes, you know, in other places, I don't know, what's going on with the Bay Area? I mean, I was in San Diego, you know, a couple of, uh, maybe two months ago. Just people are just a little bit more Hi, nice, you know, kind of like, hey, how you doing? Good morning, this, that. I mean, I, here I just came, like, my neighbors are there. I'm like, hi, just looks the other way. Like, what did I do to you, bro? Like, hi, then looks the other way. I'm like, okay, fine. I mean, you don't want, I'm not going to force you or anything. But, like, you know, it's, uh, this, this, these are, this is like common courtesy. I went, I went to Barbados, actually. Barbados was interesting. And I think it has a lot to do with, Christian culture. I think it has a lot to do with faith as well. Again, you know, we're talking about that the commonality in faith. Like, I think like 
atheism and liberalism is like pukka strong here. You know what I'm talking about? But you go to places where people have faith, people at least follow some scripture, there's this, I mean, I was in Barbados, so they're very Christian. And they're practically very, very, I mean, the people, like Sunday closes down. Sunday closes down and people go to church and people wear their nice clothes. It's nice, it's nice to see that people have devotion, that people believe in God at least. You know, when you live in some like godless times and the way people act and how like they're like this evil, you know? Say so you, uh, you know, you, you pass by an old lady, good, good day to you, ma'am. Good day to you, ma'am. And like the, my, my host, Maulana Akil, he's a Maulana, he's an imam of the masjid there in Barbados. So you have a nice little Muslim community. He said, you know, Sheikh, if you're going to be walking around on the road, if you pass by anybody, just say good day to you. Because if you don't say good day to you, they're going to say, your mother didn't teach you manners. What the happened to you? What your mother didn't teach you manners? They say, they call you out. What's wrong with you? Your mother didn't teach you manners. So he said, good day to you, ma'am. Good morning, good afternoon, good day, anybody. He doesn't care. You have, to, you have to say something to a person when you pass by. And that was, a, that was a beautiful thing. This is humanity. This is insaniyat, humanity. Right? And if you don't have this, like, what's the community and society about? It starts getting kind of creepy. And then I come back to home, and like neighbors are like, trying to not get eye contact with me. All right, man, like, I won't, I won't, I won't kill you. I'm not going to, I don't have a backpack. You know, I'm not going to do anything to you. So, I mean, this is a, this is a, you know, where people think that they're ridding themselves of religion, how good it is that, you know, let's get rid of all of this toxic religion. But it didn't know, you're not going to be better off. You're already going down. You're already destroying your society. You're already confused as heck. You're not better off without religion. Absolutely not. Hasn't been, I mean, a decade or two that religions start, you know, plummeting. That you see it already is everything is, this is a, you know, crazy confusion in society nowadays. These are prophetic religious principles. We're not better off without this. I'm just saying as, I'm not talking about their prayer. I'm not talking about their religion. I'm talking about the common courtesy to other human beings that religion teaches us. That when you pass by a person, to just acknowledge that a human being passed by. You know, in some places, subhanAllah, I mean, Texas, I mean, I was there, you know, we just like stopped just to check the GPS. We stopped by the road just to check, you know, because we don't want to like read the map or read the road. Where did we, where did we, went, we, where we went wrong? So we just put our emergency lights and we stopped. Probably three cars stopped. Is everything fine? You folks okay? You all right? Okay. And then you just, I mean, three cars stopped. Here to be like a dead body, just like stopping and, you know. They just see the dead body and then they just like, you know, pass by. This is, this is the result of selfishness. Godliness creates compassion. Godlessness creates selfishness. And what is a daif? Al-ghani wal-faqir. Al-ghani wal-faqir. The guest is the one who is rich. And the guest is one who is poor. You do ikram to both of them. Not like, hey, you, you got money, bring your own food. <laughs> That's not it. You honor everybody. Honor anybody who's a guest. And how do you honor? What falls in the category of honoring your guest? By having a smiling face. Not that the person came inside your house and like, when are you going to leave? When are you going to get out of here? Right? By smiling. Putting something under that, you know, especially like, you know, maybe in the uh, homes and those places where you might not have anything or you're in a tent or something like, you know, talking about in the desert or something, you put a shawl, like somebody who came, um, he was the son of Hatim al-Ta'i, Ibn Hatim. He was a Christian, and he came to the house of the Prophet and the Prophet, he took off his shawl, 
and he put it for him, you know, he spread it out and he put it for him and he said, you know, this is not the act of a king. What he was doing was not the conduct of an emperor. He took out his shawl and he put it down for me. The Prophet did that for, what was his, who was his Hafsa? Huh? Adi ibn Hatim. Jazakallah khair. Adi ibn Hatim al Ta'i. A Christian who had not accepted Islam. And he was from the nobles of his tribe. And he came to hear about Islam and the, how the Prophet stood for him and how the Prophet spread his shawl for him. And he said, This man is a Prophet. This man is not a worldly king. SubhanAllah. So putting something, bringing a chair, Making him sit in a place which is honorable. وَإِجْلَاسُهُ فِي صَدْرِ الْمَجْلِسِ Yeah, making him sit in a place of honor. وَطَيِّبُ الْحَدِيثِ مَعَهُ And speaking good words with him. وَالْمُبَارَةُ إِلَىٰ أَحْضَارِ مَا تَيَسَّرَ عِنْدَهُ مِنَ الطَّعَامِ And bringing in front of him whatever is available. Remember, whatever is available. You don't have to, you know, kill 30 camels and, you know, that's not necessary. Like the Yemenis, they have a very beautiful thing. Al-Judu fil Mawjud. Al-Jud fil Mawjud. That generosity is what is there present. Bring what you have. Bring what you have. That's generosity. And the person feels it because it comes from the heart, right? Whatever you have, bring that. Share what you have. Al-Jud fil Mawjud. So you don't have to think like, okay, if I don't slaughter 30 camels or take the person to a five-star restaurant, then no, you have to spend. And you have to give. Right? Al-Mubadara ila ihdari ma tayassara indahu min al-ta'am min ghayri kulfatin wala idrar bi ahlihi. And neither should he bring any harm upon his own family. A lot of people, you know, a lot of women get beat up when guests come, huh, the food was, what, you didn't make it proper food? What type of thing is this? You know, not, don't bring any darar on your own family. Don't put any pressure on your own family. Right? مِنْ غَيْرِ كُلْفَةٍ وَلَا إِضْرَارِ بِأَهْلِهِ Without putting any difficulty or putting any harm upon your wife. That, okay, I have 50 guests coming. 50 guests, but, I, you know, I'm one person. So, you know, get, make, take it easy. If she can't feed 50 guests, then, you know, Get, take your guests to a restaurant or something But don't bring harm upon the family Like this These Three things All of this goes back to what? To our social conduct The Prophet ﷺ is saying That one of the ways that we perfect our iman in Allah in the last day What is the sign of a person? What is the fruits of a person? And it's again These things aren't restrictive That only the person who honors his guest and only the person who honors his neighbor and only the one who, you know, remains silent. It's talking about social conduct. Meaning you should be a person of courtesy. You should be a person of character. If you believe in Allah and the last day, you should not only be concerned about yourself, you should also be concerned about other human beings. You should be someone who honors guests. You should be somebody who spends upon others. You should be somebody who cares for others. You should be someone who guards your harm and withholds your harm from others. And when you do this, this is when your true fruits of iman have been developed. May Allah give us tawfiq to implement what has been said. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَبِحَمْدِكَ نَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ نَسْتَغْفِرُكُ وَنَتُوبُ إِلَيْكَ سُبْحَانَ رَبِّكَ رَبِّ الْعِزَّةِ عَمَّا يَصِفُونَ وَسَلَامٌ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِينَ الْحَم